0: I'm thankful for the many who have prayed for me for this evening hour and the many who have vocalized that. To a few, I mentioned that, in my case, I need prayer and fasting. And I mentioned that to Brother George Gutai in the dining room, and he said, no problem, he'll just eat faster. And this evening we'll see how fast he ate. I primarily will speak this evening by the leading of the Holy Spirit to brothers and sisters in the faith, those that have had a conversion experience, those that have been regenerated through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. If you are not converted this evening hour, may the Holy Spirit also touch you. And may you think about what you need to do with your life, and that is to convert. But essentially, I'll be speaking to the converted. I would ask that this evening hour that we would be active and not passive listeners, that as we spend these few moments together, that you would pray the Holy Spirit would urge you And show you what He will. At this point, let us bow for a prayer. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for this opportunity to be in Thy presence, to feel Thy presence, and we thank Thee in advance for the blessing we will receive. We would ask that all hearts here would be open wide. That we would trust that thou would give us what we need, individually and collectively. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I would like to read three verses out of Ezekiel chapter 36, which is near the latter part of the Old Testament for those who would like to to go there. Three verses after chapter 36 of Ezekiel. Verses 26... 27 and 28. Ezekiel 36, starting at verse 26. "A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh." And I will give you an heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I give to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. I would like this evening our for all of us, to take a close look within. It takes great boldness to look at who we are. We know that men have accomplished many things in this world and have done amazing things, yet I doubt there's anything more bold than to understand and to delve into the depths of who we are and what we're about. I would like to talk about our spiritual heart. And and specifically, I'd like to talk about the coronary arteries that feed blood to our spiritual heart. In order to do that, I would like to use an analogy and talk first about our physical heart and then as we discuss the physical heart, you can even draw the parallels yourself between the physical heart and the spiritual heart, but we will sum it up after we talk about the physical heart. The heart is an amazing instrument. It's essentially a pump. It's a pump with two parts the right part of our heart, the right pump, collects all the blood from our body that has been going through our body and brings it into our lungs. And when it gets to our lungs, it has about 70% oxygen. And when it leaves our lungs and goes into the second pump of our heart, it's about 98% oxygenated. And from there... That second pump pushes this fresh oxygenated blood throughout our body. And, in this, and the oxygen in this blood nourishes all the organs of the body. And this heart has an electrical circuit that causes it to beat. We all beat at a, an average of 70 beats per minute. So this amazing instrument, by the time we're done here this evening hour, will have pumped about 3,000 times. In my case, maybe 6,000 times. On the outside of this heart is known as coronary arteries. And what these arteries do is they feed blood To the heart. This blood will flow through these arteries and feed this heart with fresh oxygenated blood. And as long as this heart has that fresh blood, it will be healthy and strong. Now let's relate that to our spiritual heart we, have, as we have read in Ezekiel, through the regeneration of believing and being saved through Jesus Christ our Lord, have been given a new heart and a new spirit. And this heart used to be, when we were unconverted, as hard as stone. It didn't work. But now it's soft and pliable. It's fleshy here as the scripture says. And it's very healthy because it is being fed by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, that blood, courses through our spiritual heart, flowing through us, providing nourishment to our inner man. And as long as this spiritual heart has the free-flowing of the Holy Spirit within us, we have a strong and healthy spiritual man. Now, I'm sure all of you have heard of coronary heart disease or artery disease. And what that is is essentially where the arteries are becoming blocked with plaque, and it restricts the blood flowing to our heart This blood that is so important for this heart to work. Imagine a pipe, and there's this fluid flowing through this pipe. And as over time, buildup from that fluid starts gathering on the side walls of this pipe, and now the pipe begins to get smaller and smaller. And that fluid, that blood that is so essential, Stops going to the heart as the heart needs it to the the point that the heart becomes stressed. If enough oxygenated blood is restricted long enough to that heart, which is essentially a muscle, the heart muscle begins to die. And that is what you call a heart attack. This evening hour, we will look at the condition of our spiritual coronary arteries. We will look to see if there is anything blocking or restricting the Holy Spirit from nourishing our spiritual heart. Now, there are many signs of someone who is suffering from coronary heart disease, including fatigue and chest pains and maybe sweating and increased heart rate. And spiritually, we need to ask ourselves, what are the signs and what are the symptoms of coronary heart disease affecting our spiritual heart. Now, for our physical heart, they have what is called, a test called what is called an angiography, which basically they bring a tube up near your heart and they inject dye into your blood. And they watch this dye flowing through the arteries and they can detect blockages. And they can tell whether that person is suffering from that particular disease. This evening hour, we too will do a test. But this test will be a series of questions that I will ask. As we go through these questions, I would pray that each one of you would consider them and that you would pray that the Holy Spirit would show you to see if you may have restrictions or blockages in the arteries of your heart. Now this test that we're about to take I'm sure you may ask the question, is there a pass or a fail? I'm not going to answer that question. I'll let you answer that question yourself. And as I go through each question, again, remind yourself, we're trying to detect blockages in each of our hearts. It's a very intensely personal evaluation. This is between you personally and God as you evaluate your heart. So I'd ask you to prayerfully consider these questions as we go through them. Do you have a vibrant prayer life, or has your prayer life become stale? Do you have a habit of regular Bible study, or is your Bible study haphazard squeezing it in when you can find time, or falling asleep while trying to read? Do you give others the benefit of a doubt, or do you automatically assume others are wrong? Do we remind ourselves that the trials we face daily are known by God, or do we think that we are so special that no one has problems that we have or that Christ does not understand what we are going through? In our free time, do we focus on things that satisfy our flesh or our inner spiritual man? Do we, fought, do we feel at times that when we are at church, we are going through the motions? We listen, we talk, we can even show how much we know in Bible class. But when we leave the church, we don't practice what we preach. In other words, it feels like we're living a double life. One of the ways that allowed us to be saved is that we fully surrendered our life to Christ. After we have been baptized, have we slowly started to take back control of our life? Do we struggle to remain fully surrendered to Christ? Or is our self-will getting in the way? Are we willing to follow Christ until it interferes with our lifestyle? Are we, worried, are we always worried what others think of us? Do we use our personality as an excuse not to go about our father's business, no, not allowing ourselves to grow and mature in Christ? I'm not saying we, we should have all the same personality, But do we know who we truly are, what Christ meant us to be? If I can just pause here and confess this one. I admit that I have used my personality as an excuse not to serve. I remember on my baptism day, they asked the question after everything's over, do you have anything to say to the congregation? And I remember these words that I said. I said, I look forward to be, u- to be used by God as a tool in his hand. I was 19 years old. It didn't take me long for that tool to dive to the bottom of that toolbox. And when the Lord is reaching down to find a tool to use for the needs that are around, I made sure I couldn't be found. And when he did find me and pick me up, he would often find me unusable. And I would use excuses that I'm too shy. I find it too difficult. I'm unable. I don't have the talents of these so many brothers and sisters that manage to get up there and they do a fantastic job of serving God. That's not me. In fact, when I was called to the ministry, they pulled me in the room and they said, The votes show that we need to ask you if you would consider, you were nominated to consider taking the ministry up. I said, No, I would prefer not to. And they said, Would you consider allowing the church to speak? and allow God to speak to the church, and not just through you? How do you answer that? And so I said, fine. And here I am. But if it was my choice, I probably wouldn't be here. It had to be God working through my brothers and sisters to stop making me use excuses about my personality and say I can't. Again, we're looking at blockages of our heart. Do we find ourselves doing something, feeling guilty about it, but when going back, we keep going back and doing it again? Do we take the initiative in reaching out to others, including fellow brothers or sisters, or the unsaved, or do we wait until they take the initiative? And again, I may pause on this one, because this is another one of my struggles. I've always struggled with reaching out. I'm the character that if two pass in the hall, I'll wait for you to say hi first. And if you do, I'll quickly say hi back. But if you don't, I make the assumption in my mind you're not interested in me. And sometimes it shows how foolish we can get. I would desire so hard to reach out to certain people that I wanted to communicate with and get no better, but I didn't have the courage so I'd kind of send these mental vibes to them, saying, I want to talk to you, I want to talk to you. But I didn't have the guts to approach them. And the way they did it, when they didn't approach me, I would make the assumption in my heart, well, they're not approaching me, so they must not care to have a relationship with me. So I'll give them what they want. I won't go talk to them. How convoluted is that? Sadly, it took me many, many years to learn to reach out to others, something I really struggle with. I'm not sure as what it is. I'm afraid to be judged. I'm afraid people are going to see who I am and they're going to say, who's that? Whatever the reason is. But I've learned over time as I've forced myself to reach out to people, unconverted and converted, each time I'm richly blessed. and I thank God for that. Are we afraid to get close to God? Afraid that he might not meet my needs, or afraid that he might expect more of me? I'm content with my two talents. I don't want five. That means more work. Are we really good at judging others and seeing their faults, but have a hard time seeing our own? Are we aware of how we come across to other people? Are we willing to see ourselves as others see us? Do we say that we have good intentions and that we are right so that how we come across to others is not my problem but theirs? Are we aware that how we conduct ourselves and how we speak is just as or more important than what we have to say? Our message often will end up falling on deaf ears do we have the humility to ask someone we trust to tell us what they think? What influences do we allow in our life, whether it be those that we spend time with, media, entertainment? And do these influences help us with our spiritual walk with Christ? Are we blind to the needs around us? Let me pause again. It's amazing that when we're not willing to be used, by God, we don't see the needs around us. We're just not aware of them. And I have found that over time it's sad it's taken so long but I found over time that as I allowed myself to be used by God, all of a sudden, the needs become more apparent around me. All of a sudden, people are seeking me out. Is it true that all of a sudden there happens to be more needs around me? No, the needs have always been there. As so I was finally willing to look for them and be used by God. After trying to follow God's leading, but not getting the outcome we expected or wanted, are we quick to give up? Are we procrastinating and doing things that would spiritually edify us? Have you, dear brothers and sisters, identified any potential blockages in your spiritual heart thus far? Let's continue. When others hurt you, are you willing to forgive and move on, or do you struggle with forgiving others? When we do not get our way, do we have patience and faith To trust in God, or do we become manipulative? As I am reading these questions, you start thinking, I hope brother so and so or sister so and so heard that one. They are really blocked. Does this attitude reflect the scripture of taking the beam out of our own eye before taking the sliver out of our brother's eye? Do you carry resentments towards anyone? Do you think we have the right to live in self-pity? How do we understand spiritual maturity? Is it surrender and obedience as we conform to the image of Christ? Or is spiritual maturity the ability to live and enjoy the pleasures of this world guilt-free? Wives, are you submissive to your husband Can you answer that question honestly without saying, yes, but? Husbands, do you love your wives as much as Christ loves his church? Can you also answer that question without saying, yes, but? Parents, how would your children characterize your marriage? Do they see a relationship of strife and selfishness, or do they see the love and respect and affection that you have for each other. When you hear someone say something and it bothers us, do we, do we first try to get clarity to make sure we heard right, or are we quick to make negative assumptions about that person? Are we aware that we may not have understood correctly, or that the other person did not intend to say what they did and had it come out incorrectly? Are we willing to respect and submit ourselves to the eldership? Do we see the elders as leaders appointed by God to help maintain and preserve our faith with all of our best interests in mind? Or do we misunderstand their role, ignoring them, making their job more difficult, and speaking against them? Do we have a heart for the lost, And are we willing to act on it? I'm coming to the end now. Do we struggle with our self-image? Is the way we talked, act, or dress come from a humble spirit? Or are we trying to attract attention or create an image that we want others to see? Do we put our faith and trust in God or do we often feel inadequate or helpless? Do others accuse us of being stubborn? Is our stubbornness a lack of discernment holding back our fellow brother or sister? Have others tried to reach out to you in loving correction and you rebuff them? Have others tried to reach out to you in unloving correction and you use their behavior as reason to ignore their advice? i just make a little side note on this one. I'm in a bit of a unique situation that I work with my siblings and we in a situation where we can offer each other constructive criticism freely because we're related. And sometimes that can be just a bit annoying. But I'm thankful for it because we often have an honest evaluation of each other. And I wasn't going to confess this one, but I will. Sometimes I start ranting and raving about something and I get so stuck in my train of thoughts and it gets to the point that my brother's had enough. He says, get off your high horse. And oh, does that get me going even more. Because I know I'm right. And what right does he have to say that to me? But that's his perception of what he sees in me. And am I willing to look at that? At the time, I'm not. But after, I realize, what did I portray? Are we willing to submit, or submit to our brother or sister in the faith? Are we willing to esteem them higher than ourselves? Or do we ignore them and do what we want? Do we lack humility and faith that sound spiritual decisions are made by trusting in God and not in offending our brother or sister? Do we have the faith in God that he will move our heart and our brother or sister's heart according to his will so that we can move forward as individuals and as a church in love and unity? Are we quick to blame others when we get ourselves in trouble and things are not working out? And the last one. Concerning the 80-20 rule where 20% of the people do 80% of the work in the church, are we part of the 20% or the 80%? Has the Lord spoken to you as we took that test? Have you identified any blockages in your spiritual heart? The question remains, what do we do at this point? We know that for our physical heart, they know that certain behaviors will help us slow down and prevent coronary heart disease, including not smoking, getting good exercise, a healthy diet. And these things help to prevent us getting coronary heart disease. Spiritually, what can we do? The obvious question is to alleviate the blockages in our spiritual heart. The first thing, the first thing we need to do is seek treatment immediately. Just like our physical heart, the longer we wait, and if we wait till that heart attack happens, the doctors only have a few options to work with you. Had you come sooner, had you had a regular checkup, Had you saw the first signs of maybe a pain in your chest, you immediately went and got it checked out, the same spiritually. Brothers and sisters, when we wait so long and our spiritual heart is clogged up, and then finally we go to seek counsel to an elder or to someone who we're counseling with, it makes their job so much more difficult Yes, through God, all things are possible. But you have made the situation very difficult. And it would have been a lot better had you come sooner to seek treatment. And what is that treatment? It's very simple and we all know it. It's called repentance. We all need to repent. I'm not talking about Repentance unto salvation. I'm not talking about trying to earn our salvation by doing good works. Not at all. That heart was given to us free. It's a free gift of salvation. The heart was given to us by God. But it's up to us to ask God to help us maintain that heart. It says in Hebrews, let us go unto perfection, not laying again foundation of repentance. God has a high standard for us. He wants us to strive for perfection. The scripture says in many places, we need to be holy and live in holiness. Oh, I can't do that. That's too hard. It's not an option. And what did what do we read in Revelation chapter 2? We read about the church of Ephesus. How they were commended by God for their many good works. But he said, you have lost your first love. That heart that I gave you is starting to get blocked. It's starting to feel with plaque. And that heart that I gave you is now in danger. And you need to to repent. Brothers and sisters, each of us need to repent daily. And we can use the same repentance and conversion process that we teach to the unconverted and apply it to ourselves. First off, the very first, are we willing to look and find those blockages. Brethren and sister, were you willing to take the test seriously? Were you willing to look in your heart with help of God and see potential blockages in your heart? We have read this scripture this week. I'd like to read it again. It's Psalm 139, the last two verses, and this is what we're doing tonight. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me And lead me into the way of everlasting. So we first need to ask God to see the blockages. And once we've seen them, we will feel pain. We will feel pain because we realized that we have grieved the Holy Spirit. We have not allowed the Holy Spirit to feed us as our inner man, our inner spiritual heart, as we need to be fed. And then we need to call upon God and ask for forgiveness. Recognizing those blockages in our heart. We need to pray to God. Cry to him. Not just a simple prayer, but cry to God. Say, God, show me those blockages. And when I see them, please forgive me. And we need to confess our faults one to another. Brothers and sisters, this is a scripture that we have. It's worth reading. It's such an important scripture, yet how many of us do it? James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray for another that ye may be healed. Do we realize that the Holy Spirit is abiding in each one of us? God is present within each one of us. It's important that we turn to God in our closets and pray to him. But brothers and sisters, we have such an amazing opportunity to turn to God by turning to our brother and sister. Have you ever tried confessing your faults to another brother or sister? It's hard, but it's so refreshing. It feels so good. And instead of judgment, more often than not, your brother has a new, higher respect for you, that you're willing to open yourself up and not put on this facade and show who you really are? Are we willing to use each other for accountability? Are we willing to be open and honest and transparent with one another? We need to, if necessary, even make restitutions. To go out and correct those blockages that are in your heart. And above all, at the end of repentance, repentance is not, more, is not only recognition and pain and asking for forgiveness, we must turn, it, turn in a different direction. We must turn a different way and decide to walk a different way. And lastly, we need to surrender all. That was the only way that we managed to find Jesus is because we surrendered all. Dear ones, are we still living a surrendered life? Have we surrendered all to him? Daily. In conclusion, I would like to look at the effects that will happen to each one of us as we go through this daily repentance process, looking at the blockages in our heart. What possible advantages will there be? Physically, when we do those things that we need to do, exercise and eat well, We have a better sense of well-being. We can do more and live longer. But eventually we will die because it's a physical heart, but not a spiritual heart. And I've listed a number of these benefits that we will have by being willing to address the blockages in our spiritual heart. The first one is taken from our banner as we look at the fourth person, it looks like a child running. And now that I'm older and I watch my kids run, I can't keep up with them. It seems like they have an amazing amount of energy and it seems endless. And I remember when I used to be that way too, from morning to night, I could run and not stop. Not even close to that now. Brethren and sisters, that needs to be our spiritual heart. We need to have a young and vibrant spiritual heart that we would be open and allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. There is no age for our spiritual heart. It can be youthful forever. We are more open to following and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us so that we display the fruits of the Spirit. We become more available to be used by God. We hear constantly how the harvest is great and the laborers are few. Each one of us has an opportunity To be that laborer. And as we allow ourselves to be cleansed through repentance, all of a sudden the needs become more apparent to us. We stop making excuses for not helping out. And we go and satisfy those needs. It is such an encouraging thing to see brothers and sisters to give of themselves. For the benefit of others. And a perfect example of that is camp. Where so many people work behind the scenes. And so many teachers and choir leaders and advisors and, and on and on. And I, I, I drop off my, we drop off our one-year-old and our three-year-old. And I leave for two hours and I feel guilty. Because they're spending all this time taking care of my child. And I think that's just wonderful. And it's showing how Holy Spirit is working through your heart. And even within our churches, we take courage by those brothers and sisters who are willing to be used by God. But dear ones, there is so much that God can do through us if we allow him, through us individually and as a church. We will be utterly amazed what God can do through us if we're willing to have a free-flowing heart that is unblocked. Another benefit is we become closer to together as a brotherhood. As each of us become unblocked, we are not this dysfunctional, fragmented family, but we are a spiritual, united, and loving brotherhood. Who do you think the unconverted are interested in joining a dysfunctional family or a family that shows love towards each brother or sister and respects and esteems them higher than themselves. What an amazing witness we would be, we could be, if we would allow ourselves to be unblocked so that we can join together in unity. I'd like to read out of Psalm 51, and this is another wonderful thing that happens when our heart becomes unblocked. Psalm 51, I'll read about three verses. It says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors the ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Actually, the verse I forgot, created in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. But it ends with the verse, which I'll read it again. Then will I teach transgressors the way, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. We no more have to depend on that one preacher up front to have that great sermon, and all of a sudden people are coming forward wanting to be converted. Brothers and sisters, it is much more practical And fantastic when each one of us, as it says here, as God works through our heart, as we allow Him to work through our heart, sinners shall be converted through our example and through God working through us. At the end of our day, when our physical heart gets weary, And it starts to get weak. And eventually, it stops working. That heart, along with the body, will return to the earth, to the dust from where it came from. And when that happens, our spiritual heart will move on into that un- incorruptible body given to us by God Himself, and let me paint an image for you. Will we, with the condition of our spiritual heart, be crawling into heaven, just barely getting there, because our heart was so blocked? Or are we, or will we, have learned to monitor and? Be careful that we don't block our heart while we're down here below so that when this physical body is over with and we move on to eternity, it's a smooth and natural transformation. We just cruise right into heaven. And it starts down here below that abundant life starts down here below. We don't have to wait for heaven. We ask the unconverted that if they've been touched by a message, if the Holy Spirit has convicted them that they would be willing to stay behind and maybe counsel with someone. In that same message, I would ask that each one of us, dear brothers and sisters, would consider this evening hour that if the Holy Spirit has touched your heart, that if you have been convicted to confess your fault to another brother or sister, if you have been convicted tonight to seek forgiveness from someone maybe you haven't talked to in a while, maybe you have a resentment against them, whatever it is the Holy Spirit has convicted you this evening hour, will you take this opportunity this evening hour to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And will we, each one of us, commit ourselves to maintain that heart that was given to us that we would daily repent, that we would daily consider as we commune with God that as we have those blockages in our heart that we would do something about it. May God bless this word. Amen.